1: Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Graham Young. On the pod today, Celtic took another step towards nine in a row as a point in Livingston proved enough to extend their Premiership lead over Rangers. But Neil Lennon's men haven't quite been at their fluent best recently, so we have a wee look at what's needed to get things motoring once more. So, Graham, a point um, at Livingston turned out to be a good result. Yeah, and de- then yeah. considering events elsewhere, what was your
0: take on the game? Well, it didn't feel like that for a long time, and I think you've first and foremost you've got to give Livingston uh, massive credit they're an excellent team they're, I think we said before they're like a Wimbledon style crazy gang like just a, mm-hmm. you know, a patchwork style team but they, they're very effective they know exactly what they're doing and lost guys at like Craig Hall Declan Gallagher in the summer but they've managed to recruit really well yeah. F.A. Ambrose case in point last night uh-huh. F.A. Ambrose is a player who's he has got some flaws in his game he can be a bit lackadaisical with possession but last night he was really really good for long <laughs> spells very comfortable in the ball yeah. and then it all starts with uh, London Dykes up front and I know it's going to be the most obvious transfer rumour of the summer he'll be linked to a Celtic probably Rangers mm-hmm. teams down south oh, I've seen so much last night Rangers should have signed him 100%, uh, 100%. January should he, have went for he, him and he does he, he fits that brief um, he's a physical striker I know Nikola Katic um, was raving about him after he came up against him recently and you can see why he's got something about him it's that kind of this day and age where everything starts and analytics he's just one of these effective players he might yeah. not score every week but nice. the rough defenders are. it's up. hard
1: to quantify that but yeah, exactly it's, that's you
0: can that. see it yeah that, that's his special skill <laughs> and Celtic um, it's been a tough couple of weeks actually after the Copenhagen game St Johnson Sunday was a dog fight and then uh, the game against Livingston as well but to be fair they, as they always do they've got a bit of uh, resilience about them managed to but I think with Livingston they're a very unique proposition in Scottish football there's not many teams like it they are a bit old school with the long throws and that Tony P- 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 L- style uh, kind of just effective playing the percentages yeah. but they're also quite tidy as well they're, that's what makes it I think that's a kind of extra um, ability that sometimes are very good at moving the ball quickly yeah, they seem I, very well coached they, they are I think Davey Martindale are, might be one. Of th- might be the best coach in Scottish football Gary Holt's a very good manager as well the face of Levinson so Celtic I think Lennon stressed the importance of the game and at the end of the day obviously with the results elsewhere it turned out to be a pretty valuable point but it was an absolute nightmare game like Celtic yeah. did well he managed to escape with a point in the end uh-huh. I Were Celtic better than when they lost? Yes I think that game was obviously the game earlier in the season the, the 2-0 game when Ryan Christie was set, that changed it yeah. Levinson were able to kind of push on other there the Celtic had more chances last night I thought they were able to create a few more mm-hmm. uh, Edward hit the post a couple of opportunities Greg Taylor on the left a couple of times he's crossing was just off and um, there was definitely opportunities the second half there was a few moments as well but uh, there was, Celtic will be under no illusions the difficulty of playing Livingston I know the game at Parkhead. were comfortable winners but any the, the next couple of seasons, Tony Macaroni Arena, it's like it's not where they'll be the first option. It's, it's
1: weird, isn't it? It's a stadium called the the Tony Macaroni Arena somehow manages to spike, maybe fe- in some way, fearsome to <laughs> visiting for teams. Me, no. it's, it's it's incredible. I yeah, know. Um, and that's a depending on, I mean, Livingston, they certainly seem to be you know heading that way. I mean, there's a chance Celtic might have to go again, depending on. Yeah, how things work out I after split I mean, we'll have to look into that. But I mean, it's I think if the week was the, closer, the that'd be yeah, a, a
0: bigger concern. chance it'll be yeah, over yeah, by that point. It could be, but because as well, we say, but at the same time, yeah, the way Celtic the top six looks, like Celtic will be playing. It looks like it's all scheduled for home fixtures and that. It obviously, won't be the mm-hmm. case. Okay, so obviously, I have to for an extra weekday, uh, but uh, that would be probably one that I think said before that you would look at the top six. Go, oh, wouldn't want to go to Petodre again, but Celtic do well at <laughs> yeah, do. <laughs> and uh, it's not a problem. That's the nature game. Uh, I think style of football as well. Like, um, but ones have just get this. It's a honestly, it's a nightmare for any team. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I know Celtic by nature it's all about winning. And But last night was a bit. Scoring in the last minute and getting a draw mm-hmm. with Rangers losing, that was a bit of a win. And I know that's not it's always get the three points, but sometimes you need to take stock yeah, in context the and yeah. perspective. Certainly. I don't think that was a bad bad point in the slightest. Yeah. And Edwards, that was. He didn't have his best night. The, the shot he hit the post was really clever the way he worked it. Used the defender to kind of keep the. Uh, Robbie McCrory for seeing the ball and he cracked it off inside the post like very close to going in mm-hmm. other times free kicks didn't quite come off his passing was a wee bit wayward but it was the French there again in the last couple of seconds yeah. down the left side and I think that's the biggest thing Like the game changed slightly managed, when there was more attacking players like Rogic and Griffiths on the pitch that allowed him to kind of find pockets of space drifts to the left side managed to get past Ambrose on this occasion good ball in and Rogic was there to poke home and get away with a draw
1: Yeah, It's just that thing Edward isn't it he's He's got that that level of quality that it doesn't I'll say it doesn't matter what he does the rest yeah. of the game, but there, there's
0: always that possibility uh, right until right until the final whistle. Hundred yeah. percent, and I th- think that's been the biggest, the most marked improvement in his game. Like, there was always those flashes before they made the deal permanent. Like they go against Rangers at Ibrox, the three-two game with ten men, but like, that's just odds, Edward one oh one, one, opening up his body, cuts inside in the right foot and scores. But it's so much more consistent now. And I think since the Leipzig game in last season's Europa League, that was the first night he really showed a bit more physicality, mm-hmm. being able to hold the ball in. He's still not perfect. He's, if you compare Musa Nods, and, and Edward, I think it's a pretty close call overall going on their skill. But the one thing Dembele is more consistent in is that kind of hustle and bustle style. But Edward's improved there, I think. I think he mm-hmm. can lead the line as a, a lone front man quite well. Uh, but last night wasn't his best game but still he's by far and away the most important player in Scottish football because he can change games and Celtic other teams fear him that's as simple as that there's, there's a fear factor it's no when, wonder having yeah, he turns players it's like he, he does one of the most simple things in football where he just cuts inside half an inch and gets a shot mm-hmm. away but it's because he's so good at it and other players it's not as easy for other players yeah. to do that and defenders that's their biggest fear players turning them teams back off give them an extra couple of yards and that's that can be deadly as he's proved throughout this season because yeah. he has that again it's that kind of
1: intangible quality of making sort of difficult things look yes. incredibly simple yeah. so you mentioned it there the mm-hmm. shifting inside mm-hmm. the, and getting a shot off I mean that looks like the most basic piece of
0: play but it's not It's not easy. Really, no, and I think that when it comes to it as well Celtic fans obviously want to keep him as long as possible and there's obviously talk hope that mm-hmm. they may be able to convince him to sign a new deal but that those are the type of things I would imagine that if I was a team like Manchester United, a big team looking for a striker, their scouts must be it's the small things like that, because there's players all over Europe that score a lot of goals. Like Sporar was a player South Ever Link, he scored a lot of goals. His market value, I you know he plays in Slovak, he played in the Slovakian League before he went to Sport in Lisbon. But you add in the fact that he scored so many goals at France under twenty one level, he's got that big club pedigree at Paris Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. He's now fulfilling his potential. Um and these little things he does on the pitch. There's one in the first half where he a ball to the back post, he pulls it out of the sky. It was nearly a perfect touch. Livy got a clearance, but just these little things in every game you see that mark him out as a player of like top, top quality that's headed for the, the top of the game.
1: So obviously Celtic would love to keep him and Neil Lennon yep. has, has said as much, but what do you, I mean, it's possible to predict what's going to happen in the summer, but do you think he would, you'd think he would at least there's there a chance he would sign a, a new deal if, I, if if there was that sort of understanding that yeah. you stay for this next potentially uh-huh. historic season and 100%. then we we will let you go I
0: think Celtic have been good to these players as well like, as much I know when, Yama's, when, when Yama left for Southampton it was a wee bit of, uh, a, a small spark in terms of he was desperate to go Celtic were trying to get market value but most times Van Dijk the uh, as well obviously with Brendan Rogers but most <laughs> of the times Tierney these guys there's an acceptance that's the kind of the end of the road the difference I think this summer that makes it unique for Edward probably three seasons of Scottish football is about right you would imagine but the fact that 10 in a row it's not that easy to suddenly find this other this manage. I think the one thing Celtic have had for a long long time is top strikers from Sutton Hearts and what even this last no, century Sutton Hearts and Larson mm-hmm. Hooper Uh, into Dembele into Edward there's always been really Scott McDonald was a good striker as well there's a load more he could add but to let Edward go Griffiths obviously it's it's not been the consistent force they had been previously that is a massive decision where Celtic might be a bit more resistant than they have been previously for Mm -hmm. bids because again he's only 22 years age he's only 23 by the time he would leave but you would hope there would be some kind of understanding reached and perhaps maybe the money is maybe there's an offer that just knocks their socks off and they can't turn it down but that that's a possibility as well yeah. there's not that many good strikers or good strikers who could be great look at the Augustine who was the other France striker that came through at PSG Edward and and played against each other that wipes the game now he's at Leeds United that's not a knock in the slightest they're a team on the up as well under Bielsa but he's not getting his game Mm -hmm. Edward will look at these players these peers really guys that he came through with he's just that level above and I'd imagine there'll be real real interest in his signature
1: I mean because as well you you said it yourself where do you where do you then immediately find a player of that that quality to come in I mean there's there's, chances are like, like obviously Celtic's model is to find guys who are a bit below that in terms of age and coming into that that level of quality and then
0: develop them but and the other factor with Edward that has to be mentioned is he was brought in as a lone player as far the the pressure wasn't on him in his first season Mm -hmm. they had Dembele Griffiths was (coughs) part of the team as well and it was that second half of the season he worked his way into contention showed flashes as a sub playing 20 minutes here half an hour there there was a couple of goals and then from that goal at Ibrox that's when he just started to go to a different level there was a double he's got two Parkhead to win the league for Celtic and then since he's permanent deal and it's just been a success story since so but these players aren't rather you can there could be a case with Celtic you could argue that their scouting at times has been excellent they've really left no stone unturned in terms of trying to bring in players for different markets but there is always a risk factor as well the appears to be working his way up Bayou who was signed last season back in Bayou it doesn't appear that he's the level needed for Celtic so for every odds in Edward there, there will be players who aren't of that ilk or calibre mm-hmm. so Celtic it's a would they maybe for change attack if Edward did go guys like Billy Sharp and Glenn Murray were linked in January mm-hmm. would that be would they just maybe change their approach for one season to just make sure it was guaranteed a goals. Guy that, who could come in exactly. and score 20 so there, plus. So there's a lot of interest in quite and it really does depend on the clubs that come. There's there's no doubt that a host of teams have been watching Odds and Edward because he has got a real pedigree and now he's fulfilling it so mm-hmm. he's the type of player that fits big clubs' profile. And then you look at teams as well. Look at West Ham last year spending 50 million in for from um, Frankfurt. You've got Joel Jolund. <laughs> yeah, that was but, the one that came exactly to exactly. mind. So this is where teams will look at it, that's a different level of player now, these guys might have been playing in more established leagues the Bundesliga is um, mm-hmm. obviously a, a better league than Scottish Premiership but Edwards got more about him than these guys and that'll be a big question in boardrooms and scouts that have been watching that'll be like, making their pitch to go this is a guy we need to go and get That's this is the type of player we need and Celtic again I think we've found out year after year this never stops for them they'll be straight back on it again qualifiers obviously hope for the coefficient's taking a nice boost over the next couple of years and maybe mm-hmm. be more respite in the summer but right now Celtic have got for the first time I think last year they did a great job Nick Hammond's first summer on the job in terms of scouting they managed to get guys like El Hammond who's been injured now pong has been a success Julian's worked out um, El Yannousi when he's been fit look looked good they managed to not get away with it but they, they're a good transfer window but that that's not a guarantee either. So there's so many factors in play here and it all starts with he's a he's the kingpin here, Rodson Edward. It all starts with him, his future and then everything else I think will follow for there. But I think guys like Cal McGregor with his new contract and I know there's been interest for Leicester City. Um but I think I would imagine he'll stick around. I think he wants to be at Celtic mm-hmm. he'll obviously go for 10 in a row euro. He's been part of the whole mm-hmm. way. But I think it's worth it. It's absolutely fascinating what happens in the next few months, and I think you wouldn't be surprised to see more scouts running the role over. I know he won't have European games, but uh, after getting knocked out, but his future, it really is. It's going to shape the summer, I think, in terms of Scottish football and transfer. Do you think the you mentioned European football? Do you think that
1: kind of exit to a team like Copenhagen, mm-hmm. even if it is just for another one season, that he would it would be? Do you think that influences his thinking at all? Because this is obviously the
0: kind of stage that he wants to be playing on I think that's a good point I think the finality of it was quite sudden so Celtic headed into that game last week and it was very much listen they're not they're no mugs but but Mm -hmm. we'll be okay and maybe that feel not that I don't think there was any I think the players are 100% committed but maybe for the fans and maybe even the media might be slightly looking at the bigger picture Celtic managed to beat Lazio who are going for Serie A title so maybe the feeling that Copenhagen were capable, yeah. functional, but they wouldn't be able to weren't on the level of that so exactly, really, separate. Uh, but when it ends that quickly, maybe for someone like Edward he could maybe look and go, Well, if we'd played that way well on the group stage <laughs> and it ends that abruptly, uh-huh. then mate, I think that's a good point. I I've got a feeling that he might be a player just because he's neat, he's quite laid back. I don't think he's someone who he might I don't think a team like in the war half the English Premiership would float his boat. I think he'd have his eyes on a bigger prize. Yeah. I think that's the type of team he could. And he could go. This is the point. Edwards is a player of such quality. No one's got to say he could go in and become a starter for Liverpool and Man United or. Maybe selling Man United a wee bit stronger, <laughs> but Martial and. <laughs> These certainly. Yeah, exactly. Are. Good players in attack. But he is a player that every squad needs capable players for any, and I'm talking about the top teams mm. I think he's got that much quality he's that much a natural finisher that he'll appeal there's no team off limits for him and then that will obviously go down to teams like you can go anywhere Valencia Sevilla Inter Milan AC Milan it, there'll be teams all over the continent that will have Odson Edward on their radar that's absolutely certain
1: Well that certainly remains to be seen uh, if we could take it back to the game against Livingston um, obviously Edward as he has been so many times was the difference in the end, um, setting up Tom Rogic, uh, but you felt there was maybe some issues elsewhere
0: that maybe perhaps need to be addressed Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a wee bit of a problem at left, ba- uh, left back um, this Johnny Hayes has been m- manfully covered this season in big games, but he's not a natural left back, he's more comfortable when they play in the three-five-two, 2 which they have recently Volleyball mm. Ball and Golly's Barely been spotted since he's kind of haphazard displayed defeat against Rangers before yeah. the winter break. But Greg Taylor, some Neil End spoke about a lot. He was asked uh, in November about, oh, this, is Craig Taylor's time going to come? And he, he made the point then that he's a very capable defender, but his attacking game still needs a bit of work. And obviously, that really impressive performance against St Johnson mm-hmm. after the winter break was excellent. Some of his crossing was really that goal for Griffiths. It was just something like Thompson to Larson style. You know, <laughs> it was a really top goal. But in recent weeks, he's performed. It's just not been quite there. And I think last night he was a tough game. Honestly, it was a really tough night for him. He was replaced. Jeremy Frimpong, came on, moved to the right, and Forrest moved to the left, and Celtic actually improved. And that might be a bit of a worry for the player himself because mm-hmm. it's not he's not established enough that he can afford um, to be off the boil. And I th- I th- he's, got pl- he's got stuff about. Him. I know he was highly rated at Commando, and Steve Clark loves him, Cap Scotland, but. I he's just still got a bit of work to do mm-hmm. he's perfectly capable of coming again and, but I would, wouldn't be surprised to see if he maybe just dropped out for a couple of years Is
1: there an argument to say that he's not as suited to that wing back role as he would be to a sort of more traditional
0: full back? Yeah I think, I think that's a good point I think what Celtic have or with Frimpong he's basically Frimpong's replaced Tierney in the sense he's the full back who bombs on it's just on the other side of the pitch so when you've got Frimpong he's a really gung ho full back and Lustig on the right then was the one who would cover but Celtic now um, I think they like to go down the left hand side with Edward he to that 1-2 yeah, stuff like that, yeah, that way, it's always been an important yeah. part of Celtic like, go back 20 years like, Tosh McKinley <laughs> well, more than that 25 it's a big part of the style has like, Tierney was a massive part of the way Celtic played and I know injuries obviously curtailed his last six months at the club but I think he is a more natural defender than he is a, a, an attacker and that might be something to look at long term. I think he's—he he doesn't. Guys don't normally run away from him. He's got decent pace. He's quite switched on. You mm-hmm. know, and that obviously, like, schooled under Steve Clark for a decent amount of time. Yeah. that's obviously his calling card as well. But just he gets himself in good position. That's so that he can't. He, he gets up the pitch happily and he finds good space. But sometimes just a cross and it's. He doesn't put in as many low balls, and I know it seems quite obvious, but a lot of the modern fullbacks are really good at just playing it simple, just whipping low balls across the six yard box. TLM was very good at that, was he? He? excellent at it, and very good at picking players out. Now, he, a goal against Hartzell, where he picked McGregor out, it was a great goal, it was good vision by, but last night uh, against Livingston, it was three or four balls, where he just completely overhits it, and it really does kill attacks. Yeah. and I think that's something Lennon will be looking at. I think you wouldn't be surprised the forest on the west. Far from ideal, but Forrest on the left and Frimpong on the right and the three-five-two just look better. And mm. I know Forrest much prefers to play on the right-hand side, but sometimes needs must. And then even in that case, if Forrest goes to the right, Johnny Hayes might be back in. Um, it's not to say Taylor's, Taylor's got more than enough about him to come come good for Celtic, yeah. but just right now, I just don't think it's quite worth it. I mean, because you saw, you mentioned it yourself, that goal against St Johnston
1: and generally... That night oh, and overall, he Our was drunk. So of- I mean, there is the kind of it's not as if he's no. been consistently, you know, poor in that oh, area. No, you know, I'm just meaning, I'm just. Uh, I'm not saying uh, you're accusing him uh, of that. Obviously, <laughs> my hands up. The <laughs> the, hand, the hands are up. I can confirm that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is maybe somewhere that he could come good. And as you said he is
0: still a relatively uh, young. And footballer. You need to remember as well the big thing. He was signed in transfer deadline day last summer, like with full pre-season under his belt as well. Really acclimatise himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got plenty of chance to become a good Celtic player, uh, but he's not quite. It's not as if he's producing top top displays at present. So I think yeah. there's a decent chance that he might be set for a wee spell out. But who knows? He might he might stick with them. That wouldn't that would shock me though.
1: Yeah, and there was uh, there was another man in
0: the Celtic team who doesn't seem to enjoy the Tony Macaroni oh, arena exactly. in
1: particular does he?
0: no 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 definitely not he'll be going to DiMaggio's for his quick guys, <laughs> not, not a Tony Macaroni <laughs> guy certainly not uh, Christopher Julian, <laughs> who uh, he's an interesting player and obviously Celtic paid £7 million for him and for the most part some of the games recently actually spoke about this uh, up at Petaudry he was the best player in the park away to Copenhagen, Hagen he was excellent but at times against certain players you can get a bit rattled in Lyndon Dykes uh, causes him absolute uh, gives him real real problems and you can feel it with him as well he is one of those players that if he makes one or two mistakes or gets caught you can see him talking to himself he has a very yeah, it vocal, it a bit emotional he doesn't, does he? doesn't he yeah. and that can be a real positive as well because he's very accountable like he's always kind of harassing the team Scott Brown's a talker but it always helps to have more than one mm-hmm. I certainly made that point as maybe Julian been a potential Celtic captain uh, but last night it just was all a bit off but that's I think his recent performances just allow him the chance to come back again but you mm-hmm. could definitely feel there is that real physical player that get up close to him and, and then it, after that the mistakes weren't because a player was harassed and there was one where he passed it back and yeah. that was just because at that point he'd been kind of taking out his game and he is really a, a confident player it's about like you know mm-hmm. the strut and walking about and winning headers uh, but I think that just I think that's credit to Lyndon Dykes I think sometimes these players that maybe play for unfashionable clubs it's very easy to kind of deride them but that's, he's he's got to play for a, a, a higher level and that's no criticism to Livingston yeah. it's actually a credit to him to him at mm-hmm. uh, Queen of South and bringing him in
1: because he was kind of the I know we keep talking about him Dykes but he was kind of just the sort of foil to Stephen Dobby the yeah, Queen of the exactly
0: South exactly. nobody, really, a bit of a barren, nobody I mean, really spoke of about him but yeah. now he's, he's kind of become his own well, man he's a late developer as well uh, over in the story it was all it I don't think he was playing uh, football at a really young mm-hmm. age I think this has all been late in life his Scottish Connections came over um, earned a chance and he just keeps getting better and I, th- I think Celtic maybe with Celtic it used to be it's been something that been doing for years is buying players for other Scottish teams. The best, of, I don't know if Dykes maybe is the perfect fit for Celtic, but listen, he'd be a good option. But I just think there's other teams in the league who'd be looking at him and think that's exactly what we don't have. Yeah, um, and if Celtic ever need to come up against whatever strip he's wearing, he'll always be a challenge <laughs> because he's just yeah a nightmare, honestly. As yeah, well, ask Julian, he knows all. exactly that's, that <laughs> hoops upside your head. <laughs> <night that was laughs>
1: uh, but I mean, Julian, I think you touched on it yourself, he has been, I think. Since we came back from the the winter break, um, it was kind of integral to that run that Celtic went on. They kind of hard fought, mm-hmm. went up at, at Um So I mean, it's it's hard to be too
0: critical of him. I think overall, he's looked good value for money. Yeah, hundred percent. And Celtic needed that. Simunovic, obviously the nightmare last week, but Lennon loves him I and mean, he has got a, a bags of ability. But Celtic were just missing that. Centerpiece in the defense, he's been able to help Ayer as well. I think, and they've forged a pretty decent partnership. It was um, a good bit of foresight last summer as well. So there was a lot of change in the backline. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the great Marvin Comper departing, Mika Wistig. There was players Gambor. There was guys like who were in about the So it just and Julien's ability has been really important, especially in Europe big games he's played played very well it's I think really we're on a run season. of getting Marvin Comper I mentioned yeah he very rarely misses out I know it's, it's incredible wasn't <laughs> it when you think back he just talked such a good game so <laughs> he talked a, a great, great game,
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just moving on to the bigger picture uh, Celtic 13 points clear in yeah. the league now Rangers slipping up um at Hamilton it's kind of wrong. it's all gone badly wrong for them uh, in the past months to two months uh, so I mean what what are, have been the main differences between the teams since Scottish football since since we come back from the, the winter break would you say? Uh, apart from result apart from the course, very obvious uh, but what what is, what is behind these very different fortunes?
0: I think mentality first and foremost there's it's just, uh, you don't want to get into cliche after cliche here but players who've genuinely experienced it all like Scott Brown who as part of teams that have, he's played for a Celtic team that's lost titles. He's been part of early. He was part of the Scottish Cup semi-final team. I think you need guys who experience it all. So you, you've the defeats, but the wins as well. I think Rangers the most senior players. Um, Tverney, who's been there a long time. It's just been too many bad experiences. Yeah, guys like Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis, who were part of successful teams under Walter Smith. There just hasn't been that little. See, if they'd won the Betfred Cup final, say Rangers, they go, this is what it's like, this is what it's... But they didn't, they played very well, but mm-hmm. you don't get a prize for taking part. Celtic so won the trophy. They're just And that probably sums the teams up. I think that game's just the perfect illustration of the bigger picture. So, the fact that Rangers can play well at certain times, big games, Europe, they've been mm-hmm. excellent. But it's the, it's the basics, you know, they've got to have a better plan to deal with stuffy teams in Scotland. That's part of playing in Scottish football. You're never every team could complain, where Celtic have just, Celtic have days when they're not at their best, but they always, there's a calmness about Celtic, I think, as well, under pressure. Last night, Neil Lennon, after Livingston made it 2-1, they did, for a couple of minutes, go a wee bit, Hilton they were a bit over the place, but he, was, he stayed in control, they mm-hmm. managed to just probe, do enough, and they managed to get the equaliser. I think that's just, there, there is a real skill in being able to go to the final minute, and that's probably now more, it's like self-fulfilling prophecy, in a way, where Celtic, because they know, it's, it's, they know they've got that ability uh-huh. that other teams it just all feeds into it Rangers on the other hand they don't have that so that again it makes it harder to get that goal in the last minute yeah. so it's all about I think the mentality and the, the mindset of the team and as great a player as Steven Gerrard's, uh was at Liverpool he doesn't have that good title and experience to, it's to always, draw, nah, it, exactly, it's all, it was all heartbreaking exactly really, the opposite it? Of, of, times where he lost out Rangers but plenty of times where he was successful as well there's so much experience mm-hmm. there John Kennedy's underrated like he was part of the Ronnie Dila team when it didn't quite work managed experience under Brendan Rogers and for all Brendan Rogers qualities maybe his biggest was like his forensic detail coaching and, and game planning and I think that's rubbed off in Kennedy I'm not saying that Lennon cuts corners far from it but he's more of a motivator type but then he's a bit underrated tactically there's just everything at play I think the Celtic coaching staff have just got one up in the Rangers and I know mm-hmm. Michael Beal who I think he's a talented guy and he's been over to Brazil to learn stuff as well but there's something to be said for being maybe a top level player whose experience as a player and moved into the coaching side I think Celtic have just got advantage I mean Duff was part of Jose Mourinho side he transformed English football there's just more in that Celtic yeah. dressing room I think you know you talk about mentality and
1: the difference between the two teams I think what sticks out with Celtic is a the ability to respond to setbacks, um, bitterly bitter disappointment against Copenhagen, Bounced back, and grinded out this win against St Johnston. Where as you don't really, you know, you don't see that with Rangers, and even in game as well, Celtic are two one down at Livingston, but that sometimes does feel as if you know the goal from Celtic is inevitable. It's whereas Rangers, even you know, you'd Andy Halliday talking about it. He said, you know, Rangers, well, we went 1 0 down, and then after that, I feared for us. It's just that there's a complete
0: difference in terms of. I think you're touching on a really interesting point there as well the fact maybe Halliday's comments to Vernie's rather misjudged quotes and the. Mm Uh, The captain's quotes for the Rangers match table. Captain's log. Captain's log. (laughs) Yeah. Forgot to come up with a better title than that. Uh, But for Celtic, could you imagine? I think it's a bit simplistic, but could you imagine Scott Brown? He he doesn't give an inch in anything. He doesn't give an inch. Scott Brown doesn't give away anything Mm -hmm. ever. And he doesn't concede anything. And I think that as well, it's just. Small Mark Rangers improved markedly over the last couple of years. But in a way, it's brought out a reaction in Celtic. That wasn't there before. They could feel the threat. They could after that game, that felt like a kind of signature result, where Rangers win at Parkhead mm-hmm. first time in a long time. But again, Celtic regroup and the winter break come strong, and all these like muscle memory type things that they've experienced mm-hmm. come out strong. And then the opposite side, there's a lack of that, and it just feeds into each other, and that's how you end up with that 13 point gap Celtic win. We can go 16 points clear before Rangers play. It's absolutely you could no one. Would have predicted that, and that's just the, the teams look neck neck. Rangers had finally managed to find yeah. consistency in the league. They were excellent in Europe. So they took similar consistent, doing very well in Europe. And um, but no, it's just all these small things add up to a big thing. Yeah, that's I mean because, the because it's there's
1: a lot of kind of you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody. Was as much as people are, are accused of it At times I don't think anybody Was saying Rangers Had won the league not In December Do you know I think in At that point I think we even said you know Celtic are still Favourites for it But I think it, it was I don't think it was Out of the Outrageous to think At that point That no. you know Rangers looked as if They were If not going to win it They looked as though They were capable Of sticking it out Well that's it was a pretty big Sample this, size it's, From looking so of games It was decent the To then the of the yeah, uh-huh. yeah, It's, it's not as if We were basing it on mm-hmm. uh, or anybody really Was basing it on a One or two performances Exactly And I think the thing
0: That makes it Even more surprising Is Rangers were doing it While playing in Europe It's not as if you go Oh Rangers weren't in Europe So they just had the league To worry And then it's all mm-hmm. They had everything They were dealing with in a part that's Really interesting Celtic Rangers teams That don't do well In a season It's normally Shining out them For the first couple Of weeks of a season You know it's <laughs> You can tell that I thought you a, were Going to say something else No You can, you can tell they're, they're not up to scratch like, uh-huh. Maybe like um, Ronnie Dyla's second season it was all about Hash Bash Tony uh-huh. Mowbray John Barnes but they didn't, teams don't normally just suddenly recover Neil Lennon's had one season like that where it was, looked like it was going off the rails and they managed to pull it round mm-hmm. but ve- that's a very rare thing for Celtic Rangers teams to suddenly just well, the opposite really in this game if they start out strong and fall away it doesn't normally happen Yeah and you mentioned them there uh, how much do you a
1: factor you know we were talking about the kind of respective. Qualities and yeah. the coaching departments yeah. and certain experiences that they may or may not have. How much difference do you think? And I, we've seen a huge difference in him, I think, personally.
0: But how much of a difference do you think Neil Lennon has made over the, Massive, the course of the season? Honestly, huge. This is a million things that plays have said, but Neil Lennon, I think Rangers underrated Neil Lennon. I really do. I think they felt Brendan Rogers is out of town. Lennon's managed to win or just managed to win the treble treble <laughs> uh, but some of the performance uh-huh. I think Celtic fans are, Celtic fans need to be honest as well if you I think you could judge by the polls in the summer with guys like Benitez and Beninho and via mm-hmm. all these sexy names that were getting linked as well yeah. but Neil Lennon was a brilliant choice Peter Law has to take a lot of credit for that because it was. it's not as if Neil Lennon was just a guy who'd been a coach at a club he'd been a manager as well he'd experienced it tough time at Bolton mm-hmm. we maybe looked at that and proved that he did a pretty decent job at Bolton considering the circumstances yeah. that first season up with Hibs, it was football was absolutely yeah. top notch and Hibbs had a bit of a winning mentality that probably has been lacking for a long time but the way it ended he's out of job Yeah, that was peop- that ended up being people's last memory of exactly him before he came like in you're in only to Celtic wasn't exactly. it yeah. it's just a perfect mix for Lennon here he's been at the club the experience but I think to- people talk about his Motivating um, motivation skills and he's, he's able to get players on side but bigger, he's tactically aware, he really is and he, he knows how to like the three five two, bringing that in and changing things round and he likes players that can play multiple positions that, all these things factor in uh, in big moments of games, we get last night's a perfect example, Forrest goes to the left Frimpong to the right, Frimpong was the best player in the park for the final 25 minutes these are the things that are so underrated where I think the biggest criticism of Gerard and his team is maybe a bit um, reactive rather than proactive where they play a full 3 3 a lot of the time, there's not been a lot of formational changes and mm-hmm. I think that's probably been their biggest negative for Celtic just thriving that. that's, and Lennon's kind of calling card really. He's
1: been central to it certainly. Uh, that's all from us today but you can join us again next midweek to talk all things Celtic Thanks to Graham for joining me Remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.